Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you have chosen to join us. Look forward to your calls today, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Welcome, everyone, that's listening on Hope FM and Truth FM. And for our friends in California, we're glad that you've joined us. Uh, this is a call-in show if you're new to the program. And the show really surrounds uh, and has the flow of what is on your mind and what questions do you have. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Uh, that's the number to be online, uh, excuse me, to be on the air. And then if you want to text a question in in a safe place, 720-336-0897. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary Chapel in Aurora. Um, Colorado this December will be celebrating 19 years as a fellowship family and, and have uh, certainly been blessed to serve in this community. We had Bible study last night as we have a midweek Bible study, uh, studying through the book of Second Kings. Uh, and um, we're, we're looking at the price of compromise, really, Second Kings. There's some highlights of some good kings in there, but but even some of the good kings made really bad mistakes. And isn't that the truth for all of us? Um, even if we find ourselves in a pattern of good choices and good decisions, um, sinful mistakes still bring uh, you know, pain and difficult consequences. But that, that's really where uh, we have been uh, studying through on Wednesday nights. Uh, and I hope your church has a midweek Bible study uh, because we've got to study the Bible. I just don't understand why churches and leaders choose not to study the Bible. Uh, and I don't just mean a distinction of you know expository teaching, although you know uh, that, that I'm biased toward expository teaching. Um, but, but just, you know, why in the world would a pastor choose to play an R-rated movie in his Sunday service and then somehow teach a Bible study around it or some kind of life lesson? I just don't understand it. Uh, there's another church in town that's passing out flyers. I saw it at Starbucks today. And go to the movies at church. No, no, I don't want you to go to the movies at church. Uh, I don't think it's wise to go to the movies at church. Um, I think you need to go to the Bible at church. Um, one of, that, that's, and, and again, maybe you disagree. Go ahead and call. Then maybe we can talk about it. Um, I'd love to hear your point of view. I was like, no, man, I think that's what Jesus would do. He'd show a movie in church and teach a 15, 20-minute Bible study about whatever drama was there. And, and I'm, not even, I'm not even discussing using uh, movie clips as illustrations. That's not what I'm talking about, um, even though I would, I, I mean, sometimes I'd probably describe a movie rather than play it. But, but again, that, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a sermon series about movies, going to the movies at church. That's actually what the flyer said. Go to the movies at church. And I say, go to the Bible at church. Like you, you, you need 
what God's word. There's enough drama. There's enough intrigue. There's enough uh, power uh, in the Bible. I mean, there every single dramatic thing you can think of is in the Bible. Um, and so maybe you disagree. I'm open to dialogue. Um, don't have to agree with me, but um, I'm curious of why what your point of view is. If that's something, maybe you go to a church that does that. Tell me about it. Tell me tell me how it affects you, or tell me what movie really illustrated the Bible better than you know we were taught. Um, we were taught to illustrate the Bible from the Bible. That was the best illustration. Uh, and so start there when you're looking for things. But I'm not even talking about illustrations <laughs> at all. Uh, so we were studying the book of uh, Kings, and uh, it is a challenging book for sure uh, the, to teach through and make it relevant. But I, the Holy Spirit does that. And it does it in a powerful way where you, you begin to learn the reality of the people that God uses and the weaknesses of the people that God uses and the difficulties and um, the solutions you uh, you, you're studying through the Old Testament, then you're, you know, you're you're getting the backdrop of the Old Covenant and being able to compare it with the New Covenant of grace and the New Testament, and I mean, just so much. Uh, on a uh, upcoming Sunday here, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, a chapter in Leviticus. Um, now, I've taught through Leviticus in our church here, verse by verse, in our, in our midweek study, but we're just we have to we have to look at Leviticus in order to understand the priesthood and the high priest so that we can understand what God is saying in Hebrews. Um, and it's not laborious. It's actually going to be interesting. It's my responsibility uh, to be prepared for the Holy Spirit to use um, uh, to use the Bible to be relevant to today and just be open for the Holy Spirit to do that. So fascinating. We're going to go right to the phone lines. Thanks for calling, Allison. You're calling from Aurora. Welcome to the program. Hi, Allison, you're on the air. Oh, yes. Um, hi, I was wondering if uh, if you can help me with my dad because um, he he doesn't really believe, and um, I'm just going through a really hard time with my parents' divorce. I'm sorry. That's a very hard thing to experience. How old are you, Allison? I'm 11. 11. I want you to know that just in case you ever were wondering that your mom and dad's divorce is not your fault. Did you know that? Yeah. Um, and also my dad just, he doesn't speak right. And um, he he also just watches very, very violent stuff. And I always have to go over there and I don't feel right. And sometimes yes. I just cry in my bed reading the Bible. Oh. And it'd be so sad because I always miss church and everything. Yeah, that's a really hard thing for a young girl uh, to to have to experience divorce and then some of the difficulties with your dad and and I'm so grateful to hear that you're. I mean, I'm not I'm not grateful to hear that you're. You, sometimes you have to cry when you're at your dad's house, but I am. Uh, it is encouraging to hear that you're able to learn the difference of what's good to watch, what not what's not good to watch, and and even to hear how much you love your dad because he is your dad and. And God has given to him, given you to him and him to you. But, you know, sometimes adults, we make really bad decisions and, and we do things that hurt our kids. And divorce is definitely something that brings pain to, to a kid. So I just want you to know, Allison, what you're feeling right now is normal. Okay, so you're not a weird kid and, 
and you're not a bad kid. Um, you're a normal young girl. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also want to say is that um, each time I ask Dad about Jesus, he just he just does it. He just does he like turns the conversation to a different one, and he says that there's another way to get to heaven when there really isn't. You're right. There is only one way to get to heaven, and that's by faith in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you a story about a about a man who was really bad. Uh, he was in his 20s, in his early 20s, and he drank a lot, and he cussed a lot, and he watched a lot of bad things on TV, and he put his son, his son was much old, much younger than, than Allison, he was probably four, three or uh, maybe four uh, in, uh, let me see, 89, 90, 91, so he would have been just almost five years old, and his mom and dad, they both of them weren't Christians, uh, they were living together, you know, married, but they weren't Christians. So the house was really bad and very difficult. And and while they were looking for a daycare for that little boy, they put him in a Christian daycare. And every time he would, they would drop him off at ch- at this church for daycare uh, and pre-K, like a kindergarten class. He would always come home with a Bible lesson. He would come home with a, you know, a coloring sheet. And one day that little boy. You know, he was just himself, just like you are, Allison, just being yourself, being happy and and loving his parents. And he wasn't old enough, I don't think, exactly to know and experience things like you are. But but he definitely, I'm sure, knew that there was big problems in his house and his dad was very mean. And And one day he came home and he looked up at his dad and he looked his dad in the eye and he said, do you have Jesus in your heart? And his dad looked at him and said, I think you're crazy. Who's te- what are they teaching you at that church? Um, you know, we have to change your daycare. But what, what nobody knew was in that man's heart, that little boy bringing home messages from, the, from church and bringing home messages from the Bible was actually being used by God. And, and it wasn't but a few months later that, that another person came into that man's life, invited him to church, and he ended up getting saved and born again. And he was very hard, very mean, and 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 very violent. Um, can you guess who that man was? No, but um, I'm going I'll to tell say you. that it happened a few years ago. Yeah, I'll tell you who it was. It was me. That story is the story of me and how God used my son in my life, even though if you looked at me, you probably wouldn't have seen it because I was mad and I was resistant. And, and you know, with your dad, even the things that he's going through in, in the divorce um, are very painful too. And everybody responds differently. And so I just want you to know that everything you're doing in your, with your dad's life isn't wasted. And you have a very special love for your dad. And there's something special about a love between a daughter and a daddy. And so even though you don't see the changes or even though it doesn't look like there's any change, God is using you, and and he, he is using you to share a true love with your dad that's very special. And, and so the best the thing I can do for you is pray for you and encourage you, because it sounds like even though you do cry and hurt sometimes, and I'm sure your mom is hurting too over this, um, that, that, that God is still with you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. And he's going to help you through these hard years. Thank you so much. It's just, it's just that my dad won't—he won't listen, and he's so hard 
Um, I just don't know what to do, and it's so sad because every day I see him struggle, and I want to like teach him about God so that he can yes. learn, and so that he can turn to Jesus, so that he can be saved and he can go to heaven. And each time That's I right. think about him going, that he could go to hell, it'd be so sad to me. And I think that your your love for your dad, and each time you get to visit him, and and how you share maybe things that you're learning or just loving him. I mean, listening to you and listening to the softness of your voice and your heart, it's very, very evident that you love your daddy. And I think he knows that. But, you know, we as when we get to be adults, um, sometimes we just don't make the right decisions. And when we don't make the right decisions, our hearts get, our hearts get hard, uh, our anger grows. There's something the Bible calls bitterness, and it wraps around a person's heart and and becomes such a stronghold. But even as bad as things might be, and as hard as your dad might be, God is greater. And and he is he hears your prayers and he uses your words. And so just as you as you get to these difficult times, um, don't give up on your dad. Just just keep talking to him, keep loving him and keep praying for him because God hears your prayers too, okay? Yeah. Um my I just feel so scared because I feel like there's not enough time to just tell him that he needs to be saved. Well, the good news is that you've already told him. So you, as much time as God gives you in the future, you've already told him and you've already shown him. And so he already knows. Now it's just a matter of, of telling him and talking to him when you get the chance. Um, but, but you're already telling him. And so he already knows. Um, there's nothing more that he needs to know in order to... Um, in, in order to repent of his sins and accept Jesus Christ as his Savior. And so you don't need to be afraid because, and, and, and I know if being afraid is a normal emotion, but we can trust God with your dad. Because like I said, if you would have known me back, back in, the, in 20-something years ago, and, and you looked at me or somebody called a radio station about me, everybody would have thought, man, there's no hope for him. He's just not going to ever get saved. But I did. God did reach me. And he did send the right people into my life. And he did invite me to a solid Bible teaching church. And I did repent of my sins. And now 27 years later, I get to pastor and talk to precious young girls like you. And so there is hope for your dad. I don't, when you think of Pastor Ed, don't, when you think of your dad and you're like, I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. Just remember Pastor Ed because God saved me. Uh, He saved some relationships in my life and and he and I get to be in heaven with him, and that we have the same hope for your dad. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Can I pray for you before you hang up? Yes, please. Okay, God, I pray for Allison uh, today, and you know, as we're listening to her, our hearts are are touched by her, Lord, and by the battle that she's going through, and just thinking of the pain of divorce, and both his mom and dad, and uh, or both her mom and dad going through pain. It's not easy to divorce. It's not easy to experience this kind of pain and and uh, I pray for Allison that you would strengthen her as she's experienced these things at a very young age and that we pray for the salvation of her dad and that the desire of her heart because your word says God that you're not willing that any should perish so her desire is a desire that you have and so we pray that that you would penetrate his heart and bring conviction to his life and let the words of his precious 11 year old daughter and then she becomes 12 and 13 in every stage of life, soften his heart that he might realize the simplicity of her faith. Just like you said, Jesus, to become like a little child, 
um, not immature, but childlike. And Allison reminds us of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, call back every, whenever your mom gives you permission, call back every once in a while, and we'll just keep praying with you until it happens, okay? Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. So here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, for those of you that regularly listen to Calvary Live, you're, you're not just listening to a show for Bible answers. And you're not just listening to a show uh, on this Christian radio station to learn how to answer questions or learn Bible knowledge, uh, even though you will. What God just gave us as a gift is a peek into the heart of a little girl who's brokenhearted over the lostness of her dad. You know, so I don't want you to miss on these things. I don't want you to listen to this radio station like you do a talk radio station like, you know, politics and Rush Limbaugh or whatever. Because if you do, you're going to miss it. Because this is a spiritual, this is a spiritual um, radio station. It's not a typical talk radio station. The Bible is proclaimed on this station. The Bible in its life and its power and then as we're talking to people, we're able to hear. So you hear, the, you, you hear in the news the divorce rates through the roof, and you hear um, in Bible studies the pain that children are going through, and you hear these things, but then you're listening to the show, and you're like, God's saying, I want you to hear it from the mouth of the person that's hurting. I want you to hear it from the child that's caught in the middle. I, I want you to hear it of what she feels like, when her dad watches something that is violent and she doesn't want to see it. She's at 11 years old, already knows that as for me and my house, uh, we're going to serve the Lord that, at 11 years old. It's possible, guys. And I just don't want you to miss the, the, the gifts that God is giving to you in this show. I don't want you to, to like think that uh, just listen to this this call that we had and then think, oh, you know, Allison, uh, you know, we're yeah, oh, a nice kid and she called. No, 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 no. God actually pulled the curtain back on the consequences of sin. I met somebody recently who uh, was in the ministry and through a series of events, lost their ministry, lost their marriage, and lost some friends in their life and mentor. And I, I, I told the brother, I said, if you listen to our Bible studies, uh, on the radio or you know you listen live to anything at Calvary Aurora you're going to know I'm talking about you when I say this this thing and he and he said oh no uh you know as if I was going to um rat him out of the difficulties going through and that's not what I meant and I and I as he was sharing his life with me and the pain of his life um I I looked at him and I said in bible studies I'll share that I wish I could take away the consequences of sin in people's lives. I wish I there was something I could do <clears throat> to remove the consequences, but there's nothing I can do. I can only help a person walk through them and <clears throat> respond biblically to them. And, and if there's anyone on uh, Calvary Live recently that I would want to remove the consequences of sin, it would be for Allison. Uh, because this is what divorce looks like, folks. Uh, and and I, I know it happens. And I know we wish it didn't happen, and 
if you're contemplating divorce right now and you just kind of think, well, you know, the kids will get over it. Uh, it, I can't do it anymore. Just please give it another shot. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God that he might lift you up. I don't say that as some finger-pointing pastor, and I hope I'm never that, uh, but I do say it for the, for the sake of the Allisons out there. And I know many of you are on the other side of that. There's nothing you can do about it. I recognize that. You just got to move forward, receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and uh, rely upon the grace of God to get you through. But I don't want you to miss that, okay? That's, this show is, is spiritual in nature. Even though we're just human beings talking, the Holy Spirit is in our midst, working among us, revealing things to us. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Got an open line. We're going to go over to New Jersey. Is Brian is calling. Brian, welcome to the program. God bless Thank you, Brian. What's going on? Uh, a lot. <laughs> I just heard you, Pastor Ed and Allison. I am a, I am a person that has been through divorce, and I am a person that has been married into a divorced family, and I can understand where she's coming from, and all she needs is all the prayers that we can Amen. give her. I agree. Okay, but getting back to my situation is as I, I call for a prayer request because okay. I'm uh, you, you man, you would not even understand. I mean, you just not enough time for me to explain all my situations. Okay, the things I've been through and my life. I've been. I mean, I'm saved now. God bless. I mean, I've been down the road of despair and yes. and 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 heartache with drugs and alcohol, and, and I've had major surgeries, and I'm not even that old. And I feel like God is in my life, and he's going to stay here. And all I want is that I just want to reach out to everybody that the Lord is there for you, and all you have to do is reach out. And I just need you to just pray. Because I have a lot of situations that are going up and down like roller coasters, and I just need a little stability in my life. Okay. Let's pray. I want to pray right Father, now with you. God bless. Father, I thank you for Brian calling and uh, laying his life before you uh, as we together join uh, in the power of prayer. And I, I know that the, the power of prayer resides in the power of God who hears and who answers. And so we submit to you the situations, in the plural, that have brought great complications to my brother, uh, great difficulties to assess, and, and great needs, God, that you are Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Uh, you're the God that comes through. You're the God that supplies all of our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus, uh, and according to our riches in Christ Jesus. So I pray even through this time, we're thankful for the salvation of, of Brian. We're thankful that he's in relationship with you. And we ask God, as you know the details, uh, that you would meet the needs of my brother. Just what even, just, you know, of all the complications, just what's on his mind right now. Just the things that prompted him to call. That you would reveal yourself in a powerful way. As we know you're with him, uh, there's no doubt. Uh, we know yeah. you're alongside of him. 
Um, but I pray that he would be able to sense that and feel that uh, and be able to enjoy your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Wow. Amen. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Well, thank you. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Lines are wide open. Give us a call. 303-690-3000. That's our on-the-air number, and we're taking texts at 720-336-0897. I see a couple texts. Uh, we have somebody that some in, uh, horrible, intrusive thoughts, and someone else that just wants prayer, and they're too shy to call. So these two requests, God, we lift up to you because um, you know there, there's a shyness about the situation. So we pray for that person, and we also pray for this other person that has very intrusive thoughts. That are your word promises that you are are able to strengthen us to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, that, that we might be able to stand strong against every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I pray that into, my, uh, into, my, uh, believe, into this believer's life, that they would be delivered from these intrusive thoughts. And for one that's shy, you know the needs. So all we need to do is bring them before you in the throne room of grace, and three things happen. Obtaining, we'll obtain mercy, we'll find grace, and there'll be help in time of need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. By the way, I just taught in the book of Hebrews at the end of chapter 4 uh, exactly what, uh, how powerful it is to have a sympathetic high priest uh, because that's what the Bible describes Jesus as. And I, I really think you should listen to that Bible study, especially you guys that are struggling, uh, you guys that are and gals that are just wrestling with these intrusive thoughts and the battling of the mind, um, it, it is on our app or on our website, um, but our app is more accessible. Uh, it has a much more robust uh, search feature. And you just go to your app store and then put in the two words, Calvary Aurora. Uh, and uh, our app will pop up. It's free. And it was the very last study we taught in Hebrews chapter 4. And I think it was entitled Our Sympathetic High Priest, something like that. And then this weekend at Calvary, I'm going to be finishing up our studies in chapter 4 with a summary study about the true rest of God. And just what a blessed privilege and gift it is that God has given us true rest that we enter into by faith in Jesus Christ. So, great stuff. All right, let's go to line 1 and Terry in Colorado. Terry, welcome to the program. Hey, Terry, you're on the air. All right. Um, Terry's asking, is divorce okay in an abusive marriage? Well, let's just start with an abusive marriage. If you are in danger of physically abuse, get to a place of safety. That's okay. Call the police. That's okay. It's actually necessity. There's no need, whether there's a marriage bond or not, to be subjected to physical abuse and extreme danger. Get out of danger immediately. But as to the broader question about divorce, uh, it's better to be in a safe place and pray for your marriage and pray for your spouse. And unfortunately, that's not really a question that we can elaborate on on the radio because every situation is different. Uh, every situation is hard. And and so we wouldn't be able to go through the every situation and every nuance 
But I do know this, it is not God's will for you to be abused. It is not God's will for you to be hurt, hit, kicked, uh, thrown around. And so get to a place of safety as soon as possible. Involve the authorities if you must. And also involve the spiritual side of your life to be praying for you, to encourage you. And, and you know, we don't know what path uh, will, will happen after that. You don't know what God might do in the interim time of waiting and seeing what God might want to do, especially in a safe place. So praying, sorry you're going through it, whatever that might be. Get to a safe place for sure. The end of the first half is, is here. Uh, so we'll be right back with the second half of Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Sometimes you're sitting in the show and you just don't realize how fast it goes. Uh, And we have purposely limited the amount of interruptions on this show so we can go straight through and have discussions and dialogue. We have this little break uh, at the halfway point for other stations and also for the host to stretch and to get a drink of water and such. So I'm so glad you joined us. If you just tune in, uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. It's airing live from Aurora, Colorado on the radio network of Grace FM. You can go to gracefm.com to listen online or download the free Grace FM app. It's also airing on Hope FM, Truth FM. It's also airing in California. And if you guys are hearing it outside of Colorado, uh, you're hearing it as a one-week delay. Um, and and so the uh, when you hear the show, it is airing live. So call anytime the show is on because you will get into the studio and talk to, live to the host. You just won't hear your answer on the radio for another week. That's all it means, but we're live, so you can call during the show and get on the show. I got a text question here uh, about Genesis 1 and 2, um, and he's wondering why it seems to be different in Genesis about the creation of man than chap one. chapter 1 seems to give a different account of creation than chapter 2, and so it's a very simple answer. Chapter 1 um, is the details of creation. Chapter 2 is a summary. That's all. And so you say, you know, if there wasn't a man to till the soil, I thought he was created in chapter one. He was. Chapter two goes back and gives an overview and adds a few more insights on creation. So I know we read the Bible chronologically, um, but sometimes the Bible isn't chronological in its chapter break or in in what's being written. So chapter one is the details. Uh, Chapter two is a summary. And that's all it is. No contradiction. 303-690-3000. Here's another question before we get back to the phone lines. Uh, Are nightmares uh, or bad dreams demonically influenced? Uh, And the answer is yes and no. Uh, For a believer in Jesus Christ, a demon cannot enter um, a person. It it may, um, so you can't be demon-possessed. And let me, let me. I'm trying to type a note in a, to the producer and answer a question at the same time. So, uh, and so let me just type it. Okay. So, uh, a, dem- a demon cannot enter a believer. So the influence demonically would be, you know, something you watched, 
you're involved in drugs or alcohol or you're opening a gateway to the influence of the devil, certainly dreams can be influenced demonically. Not from from inside of you, uh, but from the outside, you bet. You can go to bed demonically impressed. You can go to bed, um, you know, having watched something that was demonically, you know, get involved in Ouija boards and tarot cards, and you could be getting high and drunk and opening these gateways to the work of the enemy and to the f- works of the flesh. And so, yes. However, a lot of times, uh, dreams are in, are simply influenced by where our minds are, and you know what's going on in the inward parts of who we are. And so, if you have a demonic type dream, don't think the devil's inside of you, uh, but do know that the demonic world does like to attack and shoot arrows of attack against us, and and the devil has schemes to destroy us. And he just wants to mess with our mind. And so what do we do? We claim the word of God according to the truth. And we say, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And so our minds belong to the Lord. And we can we can focus our minds on Jesus Christ. We can deny the, the flesh. Uh, we can deny the... the um, uh, you know, nonsense, crazy stuff of our um, of our dreams, and just be in the Word of God and pray, and the Holy Spirit will meet you, heal you, and protect you. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. So many pastors. Here's another text. So many pastors preaching about sexual immorality, but not a single person willing to go out on a limb and say sexual immorality includes sex before marriage. Well, I'll just change that for you. Sex before marriage is a sin. Fornication, uh, any kind of any kind of sexual activity before marriage is a sin. The Bible is clear on that. Um, so I'm I'm. It's unfortunate that you uh, think that not a single person is willing to go out on a limb. But anybody that's teaching the Bible doesn't need to go out on a limb. It just says what it says. Fornication is a sin. Uh, we won't enter into premarital counseling with someone if they're fornicating or living together. We won't do it at our church. And and so if you listen to Grace FM at any length of time, um, the pastors are pretty solid teaching through the Bible. Um, I don't get to listen to every minute of every day, but I know that the teaching on those things. Same with, um, so I just went out on a limb so you don't have to say a single person. I mean, I'm, I don't think it went out on a limb. The truth is the truth. You just teach through the Bible verse by verse. You're going to touch on those topics. Uh, and fornication, uh, sin, including pornography, including, uh, you know, sexting, all of that stuff. It's all sin. All right, let's move on to Beth in Thornton, Colorado. Beth, welcome to the program. Hi there. Hey, you're on the air. Okay. So I have a, um, I'm trying to seek some advice uh, about my 15-year-old daughter, um, about Four years ago, when she was 11, and I was married to her father, um, I discovered that he was abusing her, Okay. and um, there was a police investigation, yes. and um, we ended up divorced, and okay. um, because he's from a foreign country and we lived in that country, um, I chose to leave and return and take my daughter to the United States while he was arrested and um, you know, in custody after he'd been arrested. And um, so the criminal case didn't go forward, but we um, we are now divorced. And um, it's been a long road. And, you know, my daughter 
was very hateful towards him at the beginning. And um, I, I, we both went into counseling, um, and both of the counselors came uh, kind of to an independent uh, conclusion that although they can't diagnose him remotely, that he's probably a sociopath. And um, there's so let's um, just, let's let's go to the question. Let's go to the question because I think I got the gist of it. What, how can I help you? Um, recently, my daughter has um, softened towards him, and and I have too. Uh, you know, okay. I, I I'm still fearful of him, but um, I pray for him, and we pray for him together. Okay. And she had a dream last night. Um, she said, "I think God gave me this dream." She said, "I dreamed that he died." And I felt really heartbroken and sad, and I think God gave me that dream to let me know how I would feel if he actually died. And I'm just wondering if, you know, should I be keeping them apart? Because that's what I've been doing is... Do you you uh, think that he abused your daughter? I believe what I saw, and I believe what the daughter told me. It didn't... Okay. You know, there was no... The, the police then believed I have a, me, and he was arrested. Then you have an obligation to protect your my, your minor daughter. Okay. And so, if 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 there is some kind of future relationship that she wants to rekindle with her father, and she's a minor, um, you should consult maybe an attorney. You should consult the local police department of how there might be a safe type of visitation or something along those lines with a third party there with a prescribed time in a public place and whatever that might be. But we have an obligation to protect our minor children. And so no, don't neglect that. Don't neglect that. Well, I, I haven't. I haven't. I mean, right on. I've, that's what I would. You know, that's I've, what I would tell you. I stood strong and I just see how heartbroken she is and. Yeah, I guess all all we can do is just pray for him. I would continue to pray for him, and and again, if there's some wisdom, you know, like maybe a police officer could be in the room with you, or and that she might be able to see him or talk to him, or ex- maybe write him a note and express love to him. Um, there's some. I'm certain as you pray and you seek wise counsel in that area that that there are some ways that you would be able to help her communicate her love for her dad or forgiveness, you know, and extend forgiveness to him uh, in a safe way. Uh, because once then once she becomes 18 uh, and she's no longer your primary responsibility, she'll be making up her own mind. And so you're also training her, you know, that 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 this abuse indeed take did take place. And then there's going to be forgiveness and a restoring of re, a restoring of relationship in the future that there also needs to be wisdom and safe boundaries for what that relationship would look like. And so you're not only making decisions for her, but you're also training her. That sounds very wise. Yeah, if it was if it was my child, I would I would make decisions based upon the needs of my child and my child's safety comes first. And and that's not to say that forgiveness doesn't um, exist and, and can't be expressed and that there can't be some type of relationship if you believe that the Lord is opening a door in a safe, completely safe environment of a rekindling of that relationship. Um, but I think that um, to, to react, you know, because and to be scared of a dream or to, you know, as, as emotions are kindled up, we don't want to make emotional decisions in times like these. 
We want to make biblical decisions as we're led by the Holy Spirit. Yes, absolutely. And so it may be time to um, to maybe uh, invest in sitting down with a lawyer and seeing what some options might be, so that there's a mutual agreement that that, or maybe they maybe because of the court case and the police say no way, don't do it at all. And we just that's that's where a little bit in a little bit of and and I don't have the full answer because I don't have all the whole story. But the as I was sharing earlier, it's very difficult at times to hear the consequences of sin, and how I wish I could remove the consequences, but because of this abuse, there's a divorce and there's a separation uh, because of this sinful action, and we simply just can't take that away. We don't we we don't have the ability to take that consequence away. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, can I pray for you for wisdom? Oh, absolutely. Father, I pray for my sister as she processes a brand new um, scenario, you know, that's just come into her life. I pray for her daughter as she processes everything that she's gone through and even thinks about the loss of her dad and um, what that what that looks like. And um, it's hard to, to go through these things and to have to face these things. It's It's a difficult time. And I know that you are there in the good times and in the bad times. You're there in times where there is wisdom, you know, that we have. And then they're there when there's wisdom that we need. And my sister needs wisdom right now of what decisions to make, if any, related to this situation with her daughter. And so we don't know, um, but we do know that you are uh, faithful to lead us and guide us. And so I pray that you... Um, you would minister to my sister as she leads her family through yet another challenge in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. I just got a text coming through. Uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. We've got a few minutes and time for a couple more phone calls, but it reminded me of something, so I'm going to handle the text and um, also uh, communicate to you uh, something that happened here locally, but the text says, Hi, Pastor Ed, can you please ask that everyone pray for the youth and suicide? God would intervene, uh, and it's been heavy on our heart to ask you for prayer. And so definitely want to pray for that. And and then I also want to um, acknowledge our condolences to the Paulson family, uh, because recently the pastor of, I believe it's called City Point Church, it used to be Calvary Temple here in town, uh, and they changed the name. Uh, it's the church, that large church that's over near Cherry Creek Mall here in Denver. Uh, and and so um, <clears throat> the, the pastor recently uh, took his own life. And so um, this is going through a lot of trials and difficulties. And uh, they posted this publicly on Facebook. So I'm not saying anything that's private. Um, or is uh, confidential. And so would you just pray for the Paulson family? And so we've got a request about youth and suicide. I also have a request about pastors and suicide because this is the second one. Um, this is the second one now. Um, and I know there are more, but there was one in um, Chino Hills in Chino, California recently, a young guy. And, and Paulson, um, I think his first name was Barry. Uh, was not young. I remember, I never did get to meet Barry. I did know of him uh, because we started on the, uh, there's another radio station in town here on the FM dial known as KRKS. I think it's known as The Word now. 
And uh, we started our Bible teaching program about the same time that he did. They started a prayer program, just a half hour of prayer. And and uh, they originally had signed up for the hour that we wanted, 11.30 a.m., but they ran into some production uh, things and, th- and stuff like that and ended up um, moving on to a little bit later in the day. And we ended up taking that 11.30 spot, which we held for many, many years on uh, on that station. And then we also have it now here on this station, Grace FM. So so I, I, we were connected with them, and and uh, I had seen him once in an event, but uh, didn't meet him. Uh, but he was just this dynamic uh, man. Uh, I, I, I listened to his program a lot on the radio and, and was just encouraged by his heart to pray, his heart for the city. I was reading through the website of City Point Church, and just how much this congregation loved their pastor, uh, what an what what an effect um, that he had in the last fifteen years in Denver, and so Father, I pray for the Paulson family today um, as they prepare for the memorial service coming up for Barry, and pray for his wife and his kids and the church family, and just pastors under great stress, and you know, you know how hard it is to pastor, and uh, how hard it is to serve people, and the the drama and the difficulty and the criticisms and the bickering and the church splits and on and on that list goes. Um, and so I just pray for pastors and uh, that you would establish them. And I also pray, God, for kids uh, that are suicidal, that you would intervene in their lives, that, uh, God, you would reach them and touch them before they commit suicide. And just those that are maybe suicidal right now, uh, would you please put that thought in their hearts to ask for help just talk it through um, get through the difficulty of the moment in Jesus name amen and that I just want to say that if you're suicidal right now please talk to somebody because almost always um, that simple talk um, really helps you get through the crisis and uh, perhaps the crisis will return um, and that's possible but I do know that uh, if you can get through the if you can get through the crisis, you'll live to see another day, because suicide is a permanent decision for very temporary difficulties. And I know it doesn't feel that way. And and I just wrote a few things on my on my website, edtaylor.org. Uh, some people wonder why we've been uh, promoting that with little Bible study clips because I write a lot on different topics, and I've written four different uh, articles on the topic of suicide. The The latest one is called, What Do I Do With My Thoughts of Suicide? And so if that's um, you right now, um, you, there is a suicide hotline, 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-TALK, 8255. You can talk to a pastor, you can talk to a friend, you can talk to your parents, and I know sometimes kids that you get so caught up in, in the difficulty, maybe it's bullying, maybe it's fear and anxiety, maybe it's it, whatever emotion you're, you think, oh, I just can't talk to my parents. And, and maybe times are tough with your parents, but I'm telling you, God has put parents on the earth to help you. Um, and and um, I think it would be good to talk to a counselor at school, uh, to a pastor, to maybe to a doctor, uh, maybe the suicide ho- hotline that I just shared with you. Uh, you can call 911 if you feel suicidal. You can walk to the closest emergency room uh, at a hospital if you're suicidal. 
You can call, you know, you, if you have a medical card, like an insurance card, you can call the insurance card number. Uh, but so there's, if you can talk through this deep, dark time and, and not just talk to yourself, because you know as well as I do, when you start talking to yourself, it's not encouraging. It actually, things get worse, don't they? And so I, I do write on this at edtaylor.org. Um, I haven't been suicidal myself, uh, so I'm not writing from that position, but I have been greatly discouraged and even depressed uh, in, in a deep place of darkness many times in my life, um, especially in the last five years. And so it's really helped me to have a compassion and an empathy with those of you that are in a deep, dark place uh, and difficult. And, um, and I know that God has always sent people into my life to either pray for me or send me a note or God has showed up miraculously and supernaturally in my life in times of difficulty. I shared in a Bible study recently that I was just kind of praying to God and, and just like I, I just said, Lord, would you send somebody to me to encourage me? And, you know, I'm a pastor, right? So, oh, Ed, you probably prayed with such great faith and you probably prayed and you were just, oh, holy God almighty, you. And, and I'm telling you, I didn't. I just, I, I prayed that, but in my mind, I didn't think he would answer. And that's just the way it is. And whether I was sinning against God or I was just weak in my mind, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it's not, it's not that I don't believe God. I do believe God and I do love him. But man, your mind can just really mess with you. And, um, and your emotions can just really overwhelm you. But I did pray. And, and I'm, it, I was probably about 7.55 in the morning. 7.55 or so. It was you know on, the, on my way to church. Mr. Holy Man Pastor. On his way to church. Just God, I specifically asked, would you send someone to encourage me? And I'm not mine. Oh, it's probably not going to happen. Literally. And then I went and, uh, you know, pray, got ready for the service. And I went into my office at the church, started to review my notes, and there was a text message. And it's someone that was remembering us that morning. He sent it to me, my wife, and my kids. And they had a dream, and they were praying for us. And so I read that, and I read the scripture that they sent, and and I'm like, all right, um, that's great. Somebody's praying for us. I wonder what, what kind of weird dream they had, and... And I just moved on. And then I'm sitting in my office and there was a light tap knock on my door because my door wasn't open. And uh, it was Pastor Avent. And he came in and said, you know, Pastor Ed, can I pray for you? And as we were praying, the Lord just overwhelmed me with a sense of, I just sent you a text. You didn't acknowledge it. And I'm just sending Avent in there. Um, I want you to acknowledge it. And so I did. I, I thank God. Uh, right in that moment, in that prayer, as he, he and I were praying on the little couch in my office. I said, thank you for sending Avan in my life. Thank you for sending that text in my life. And, and I was just reminded, God is ever-present. It's not the amount of faith. It's not many good works you do. It's not whether you perform well or not perform well. God is steady and firm and loving and gracious through it all. And, you know, of course, we don't want to be faithless. But even if we are, God is faithful. So check this out. It, it's, God's not done. You know, it's not enough for him to send two people within, uh, you know, we're talking 30 minutes. Within 30 minutes, that prayer was answered twice. And really, the first text came in probably within 15 minutes of, of that prayer. 
and then another 20 minutes and then and then so i go out to the to the sanctuary to greet people and you know just to be excited it's where it, it's church and people are coming and we're going to sing together and worship together and and who's new and what new families do i get to meet and what families can i pray for you know just that's what church is man it's awesome and and so i i go up uh to put some things on the pulpit and we have two baby dedications so i'm all excited about that and and then uh this young kid is screaming through the sanctuary. I mean, he came through the back doors and he is running like Superman. I mean, whoom, he ran all the way up, up the stairs, on the stage. Like, uh, he bypassed all the security. His name is Brennan. I know him. He had a white package in his hand. And he says, here, uh, this is from us. And, and, uh, and I said, well, wow, Brennan, can I open it right now? Because I like to open stuff right away. I don't want it to stack up and... And I opened it up, and it was a little plaque that his family uh, had purchased for me. Uh, probably Monique, <laughs> but it's from his family, and because they they're a great family, and uh, and it said it's the phrase that the Lord gave me after my son passed away. Uh, the best is yet to come, and so people tend to buy me shirts and plaques and things because they know that's that's my life. That's a promise the Lord's given to me and given to all of us. And and Brennan let me open it. He opened it right there. I gave him a hug for his family and. And, and it was almost as if the Lord was saying, Ed, what, what, what more do you, how much do you want? Because I wasn't even doubting back then. The Lord had affirmed that. I was so grateful. But he's like, I can do uh, whatever I want, whenever I want, especially to encourage my people. And Ed, I want to encourage you. And I just know of God, and I'm nothing special. So I know I get to pastor and such, and and but I'm nothing special. You know, you can ask my family. They live with me. I'm a normal person. I say dumb things. I make mistakes. But God still loves me, just like he loves you. That's the moral of the story. I want you to see, I want my life to be on display for you because God loves you and he cares for you and and he desires to minister to you and he is. And he is active and he is always present and he loves you. So please, if you're suicidal, um, talk to somebody, okay? Even if it's just prayer. Okay, let's go to Liz from Denver. Uh, Liz, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Great, great speech. <laughs> um, What's up? I wanted to have a question about, you were talking about our ear gate, eye gate, all the gates earlier. Yes. And uh-huh. there's a verse in, I don't know the address, it's in Psalms. I know most of it says something open up the ancient gates so the King of Glory can come in, who is the yes. King of Glory, the Lord God Almighty. Are those the gates that they're talking about in those in that verse? No, the gates that are, it's, it's in Psalm 24, and most likely the gates here are referring to the gates uh, surrounding Jerusalem. And I would even suggest that these would be the gates that are referring to the eastern gate when Jesus Christ returns. Uh, he's going to enter into Jerusalem through that eastern gate, uh, and so when you're looking at the Bible, um, you want to you want to first find the interpretation uh, of what it meant to the hearers. You know what it meant when the writer wrote it, and then you can come with applications. And so, could it could it be a picture? You know, could these gates be a picture of the eye gate and the ear gate? I think you could make that point for sure. Um, you could also look at these gates as the as as like the heavenly gates to enter in and welcome the king and all of his subjects, you and me. Um, 
but it's most likely the, the, the interpretation of Psalm 24 is the gates of Jerusalem for the king to enter in, for Messiah to come, come in the eastern gate. But in the same sense, in the same sense, we should do like what it says, you know, so the King of Glory can come in to our eye gate, like what Allison was talking about earlier. Watch what sure. we watch, you know, keep an eye on what we hear, keep an eye on what, you know, where feet take us, keep an eye on everything. Yes. Absolutely. So. I mean, and you can, you can make that point many different places, um, uh, throughout the scriptures, and even then, you know, if you were teaching that, you'd probably, um, let's see, what would be a good text? Um, you know, in James, it talks about uh, being careful what you see, you know, because the temptations mm-hmm. with the eyes, uh, and so you could start in a Bible study in James, and then you could come over to Psalm 24 uh, and use that as an illustration, and what a beautiful artistic way to describe the gates, you know, that what comes in, Jesus talked about the eyes, um, being being a gateway, um, being able to open what we see and how it affects our minds, right. and and so you could probably it's a very illustrative, beautiful way to describe it, um, but it just wouldn't be the primary interpretation. Okay, um, one more quick question. Oh, okay. Oh, the music's starting. I'm sorry. Thanks for waiting, guys. But we got to go. Bye, Liz. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, great show. Like I said, if you're suicidal at all, please talk to someone. So grateful to serve you. Come out to Calvary this weekend. We'd love for you to be a part of our family, calvaryaurora.org. And then on grief and suicide and ministry, edtaylor.org. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.